My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Friends, Callaway Chrome Soft making news. Shack House is brought to you by Callaway Golf, as you know. Makers of the Chrome Soft Golf Ball. The ball that changed the ball. Chrome Soft brings fast ball speed and incredibly soft feel. It's the ball that Jim Furyk used to shoot a 58, the lowest round in PGA Tour history. It's also the ball that Wes Bryan used to win three, that is three, web.com events and earn a battlefield promotion to the PGA Tour. Only the third time that that has ever happened. It's also the ball that Henrik Stetson has used in a whole variety of places and venues and, and, and experiences. Henrik's pretty good at golf. Test a Callaway Chrome Soft golf ball today. Friends, I also want to tell you about Athletes Collective. You have heard myself and Shaq speak glowingly of the Athletes Collective gear just this morning. I'm saying this morning, Monday morning, I kicked off the week with a nice experience in the gym, fully adorned in my Athletes Collective gear mainly because it's hot as balls here in the DMV, and I needed (laughs) that wicking effect. Shaq, do you have your Athletes Collective gear with you down in Rio? I did. I brought it, but you know how the long sleeves have not been worn because, uh, believe it or not, there are no mosquitoes, kind of like everybody predicted. But I had it. I was ready to wear it. I wanted to wear my Athletes Collective. Of course. Well, look, guys, you don't have to wear a logo across your chest when you're out for a long run. You don't have to pay 65 bucks for a quality running shirt. You can buy great quality, great fitting running gear, active wear, exercise wear without the logos for 30 to 40% cheaper than the big brands by going to athletescollective.com. Go to athletescollective.com, enter the promo code HOW 
Hoose, that's H-O-U-S-E, and receive 15% off your first order. All orders include free shipping and returns to the U.S. or Canada, 100% satisfaction guarantee. Today on Shack House, Joe House and I kick around all things the Olympic golf in Rio. The first week, the next coming week with the women, it's been a... Well, let's just say a surprising run here in Rio. We didn't know what we were going to get, and we got a lot of fun. So we're going to kick that around, speed round, and joining us today from Rio, she's from Spain, Azahara Munoz, 28-year-old who has four wins, great player from ASU, and her husband's on the bag this week. We're going to talk to her all about that and more on Shack House. Let's go to the Shack House. House, greetings from beautiful Rio. How are you? All right, all right, all right, Jeff Shackelford. I'm doing okay. <laughs> now, you know that I'm not going to let this podcast go by with hearing about your stroll on course <laughs> with our homeboy, Matthew McConaughey, the man about town down there in Rio last week, it, it seemed. We saw him everywhere, and uh, there was on the social media a couple, couple pictures of you strolling down the fairway with with uh, with uh, Mr. Mr. McConaughey, so I'm sure there'll be a couple tales you can tell, but um, <laughs> let's save that for now. I want to talk yeah, about table that that golf tournament, which yeah. turned out to be like something that really exceeded expectations. Am I right? Well, I, actually, I think you need to speak to that because I, I'll tell you about the experience here, but uh, we're a little biased here, and I sense that. Um, some things didn't come through on television, which is always the case, but especially the number of hours they were on and, and all that good stuff. And we saw all the cool behind-the-scenes things that were different here because we had a medal ceremony. But, I mean, did it, was it exciting on television? So it was very exciting Sunday. The television experience okay. was kind of m- muted at the beginning yeah, of the week. Yeah. And the reason for that, you know, it's twofold. It's a small field, and yeah. the crowds were not... Huge, you know, they weren't yeah, kind of the, yeah. the, the size of crowds that we, we've grown accustomed to seeing, um, especially with the slew of majors we've had on the PGA Tour, where our eyes are sort of accustomed to seeing great big swollen crowds at events. Um, but you know, the visually, one, it was very um, enticing uh, and very good, enjoyable. Good. And the reason I would say that, uh, the reason I say that is because in the first place, it was so bright. The colors on the mm. screen, and I know that um, you know by design and inspiration, Gill referenced the Australian sand belt that really came through on screen. It's like you know, sort of no awesome. big surprise that Marcus Frazier uh, from Australia performed well on this golf course. Yeah, but but visually, yeah, he had to he had to have felt at home because that's what it looked like. It, I, I kept Great. thinking uh, uh, of Australia just in terms of the color. The scape, the landscape. Um, I, I'm not sure there's a lot of water on the course on any of the yeah. courses in Australia that we're accustomed to, but um, it was neat to have water as a as a feature. Um, but I liked very much how intimate it looked and felt. Good. It felt like oh, the crowds, nice. the crowds were um, sort of on top of the play. One thing that was really mm-hmm. funny on Thursday, and I think it was in, in a way, it's a testament to to the gills design um all of the guys teeing off uh and it had to have been deliberate were hitting the ball right and it kept landing in a pathway that was marked with two white ropes where spectators were standing 
yeah. and I don't know if they move that pathway over the course of the week, but the tee balls on one more often than not landed in, in this pathway where, where folks were sort of standing around. It was like, you know, incoming for, for the crowd. And it didn't seem like the group that was standing there knew that they were in the in, in dangerous way, that balls were coming at them. But the players clearly had a perspective on um, tackling the, the course that, that way. Um, so that's, that's sort of a, a take, you know. One okay. thing that I loved, one thing I absolutely loved in terms of this intimacy idea, yesterday, Justin Rose, his T-ball on one, goes into uh, the crowd, and a woman picks mm-hmm. up the ball and throws it right back down, which yeah, is not something yeah. you see ever, right, on, on, on the PGA Tour. People know not to touch uh, the ball. It happens now and then, but we expected yeah. it to happen a lot this week, and that was the only kind of high-profile time that we knew of that it happened, and the rules officials told me they really they couldn't think of many others, which is a miracle. I mean, there were a lot of people who, here who knew nothing about golf. So we expected a yeah. little bit of that. Yeah, so speaking of, of kind of fans that knew nothing about golf, we, we heard through social media, and there was some um, television coverage of this um, that fans were taking selfies like you know oh, there was the crowd gosh. the crowd control was not um, up to sort of tour standard which in a way I think made it um, a little bit more of a charming uh, <laughs> experience and event what was the mm, the, yeah, the situation the on the problem, ground nah, the problem was not the, the they actually encouraged you know, on Thursday the first tee they, they, they didn't discourage you from taking photos they just encourage you to silence your phone. And for whatever reason, people just do not silence their phones here. So nobody was resisting the, let him, let him, the idea of taking a cell phone picture. It was just, how, how, how do you take a photo and, and then have the volume up and this terrible sound and not even have any concept? And, and it's just that was, that was driving some of the players and caddies nuts by the end because it's like after four days, you kind of think people are going to pick that up. So that was probably the one negative of the crowd. But for the most part, House, they were so knowledgeable. They were so passionate. You had a lot of people in country colors. And we had a, you saw the Union Jack out there with, with uh, Justin Rose. And when you'd look across the property and you'd see these great vistas and you'd see the splashes of the yellow with the Swedes and the red with the, and black with the, the German uh, crowd following Keimer, that was so cool, and so the peop- the players, everybody tolerated that. And then the you know the crowds were just big on the weekend uh, for a lot of tour events. Would have killed for those, and we were just blown away. You know, there was it was nobody knew what to expect. You know, they said they'd sold out, but who knows? You look at all these venues that have empty seats, and and here was golf. Uh, Friday was the one kind of dead day, but Saturday, Thursday was a great energy and. Friday, or excuse me, Saturday and Sunday were just tremendous, and you could feel it. And it was a different energy than a normal tour event or a major. It was positive. There was sort of this celebratory thing. There was there were kids. It was it was it was nobody could describe it. Every person I'd asked to describe it, and they said it's just indescribable. It's not like anything I've I've experienced. And so we didn't know what to expect, and they ended up having a home run on that front. So that was really cool, and I'm glad it translated to television. Yeah, it, like I said, it was kind of it had a quiet feel on television. Um, the first two days, uh, Sunday felt like you know a, a, a big event because the crowds were of a, a order of, of magnitude that we're kind of accustomed to seeing, and then the two guys who were really playing for the gold. 
um, played well. You know, neither one of them um, sort of gave the tournament to the other. They both were, yeah. were, were pretty much on point. And the real drama over the last four holes, which is exactly what um, Gil had to have been hoping for in terms of a design, um, you know, really, really um, brought to the fore um, the, the, the desired um, design competitive element of, um, you know, the golf course. And it was great to have that par five be the real decider uh, for, for those two guys. How, how did Gil feel about how it oh, went? He was, he was emotional last night. I've never seen him get emotional, but it, it just, everything imaginable went right. You know, uh, only one caddy sought him out at the beginning of the week. And it was Mark Fulcher, Justin Rose's caddy. Uh, Mark Fulcher walked the course every morning, scouted the hole locations. I mean, he totally got into it. Um, you know, and that's not a knock on the other caddies. It was just they put a lot into this. And so for an architect, uh, it's really neat to have that idea that the people who did all this preparation on a course where you try to inject a little bit of local knowledge, that they went out and actively tried to figure the design out. And then it led to that player winning the gold medal and all the things that are going to come to Justin Rose for winning the gold medal. We'll be probably calling him Sir Justin Rose someday. <laughs> and uh, he, he will make a lot of money because of this. And uh, he will have a lot of confidence because of this. And he will have a great rest of the year and all that good stuff that comes with it. So um, for Gil, that's just immensely satisfying. And then to hear what you said, that it looked, great visually there were all those colors and it evoked these uh these these sen- the sense that you were looking at sort of a sand belt meets links meets west texas whatever you want you know it just has everything out there which is kind of cool for an olympic course to make people from different places feel like they were at home so he was he was beyond thrilled um he had to listen to me complain about some of the setup i thought i thought the setup was very mediocre there were a lot of uh, uh, holes kind of tucked just just a little off, you know, that like just like discouraging that ball that hits a, a slope and, and funnels down to the hole. And um, that was done by Kerry Haig of the PGA of America. And I, I don't I don't know if why, but but there were just a lot of pins and you go walk around. You'd like you'd say, well, that's not a very good looking pin. And that's just rare to, to have that. But it didn't taint the tournament. None of them were bad. None of them. Well, one of them was bad, but none of them were the kind that. Uh, that that would stop play or that that uh somehow prevented henrik stenson from winning you know like you said that last hole was huge and justin rose played the last hole better than stenson did it 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 asked for every little element of the game a great drive a great second shot a great wedge shot and uh rose hit those stenson did not he kind of kind of flared his drive and hit an okay second and not a very good third and and that was the difference in in uh, the whole thing. And so the architecture played a, its part, but it didn't overwhelm the whole story, I don't think. And I think that's what you hope for as an architect. So, so two things. Uh, I just want to do a quick pat on the back for Justin Rose in, in particular. Two things um, after he won that came yeah. to light. Um, one, I saw on our good friends, uh, No Laying Up, um, Chris Solomon tweeted out a tweet that Justin Rose had initiated back in like June of 2013, where he expressed his excitement 
for the mm. Olympics and how much he was anticipating golf in the in the Olympics. Um, so, in that respect, um, you know, that far back, Justin Rose was looking forward to this, uh, and and it's clear from the level of preparation and the dedication that he talked about in the the post medal press conference. You know, he treated it the way he treats majors. They arrived on Friday, the the Friday before. Um, and he, he got to participate in the opening Olympic ceremony, which was obviously a very cool thing. But then he said in terms of uh, the way that they approached each of their days, it was very much like a major tournament. And then your anecdote about Fulcher, uh, you know, out there being the only caddy that sought Gill out and also the only one that was out there sort of walking the grounds each day to prepare Rose. The other thing that, that resonated, and I don't recall whether this was from the press conference or somewhere else, he talked about going to a gymnastics event and watching it in, yeah. in, in the gymnastics pavilion, uh, you know, five or six different competitions occurring simultaneously and, and marveling at the focus required for the individual competitors to, while this chaos is going on around them, to, to um, hone in on their particular event, focus on their particular performance, and you know, pull off these incredible feats while all of this craziness is going on around them. And he said that really provided him a, a, a kind of a thought um, for uh, approaching this week, a, a tunnel vision kind of concept. Um, where he was able to um, hyper focus on what he was trying to accomplish and and, and uh, you know filter out uh, all the background stuff and it's funny hearing a little bit about you know the players being frustrated with the cameras and um, you know the fan contact the noise in the in the background I think we're kind of reaching a point where I'm starting to go I'll just speak for myself. Uh, I'm getting a little, you know, kind of frustrated by this, you know, there has to be absolutely perfect silence, mm. you know, for the for the guys to, to compete. I know that they're not accustomed to there being sound in the background, but in so many other sports that require that same hyper level of focus and attention, somehow the competitors manage to compete at the highest levels with, with, with sound being part of the equation um, guys constantly sort of you know chiding folks now one thing I didn't miss and I'll let you I want I'm interested in your reaction to that there was not um, a lot of uh, yelling uh, as soon as guys made contacts I didn't hear mashed no. potatoes I didn't hear Harambe I didn't hear no. any of that stuff but this idea of, of guys focusing notwithstanding the sounds or the movement behind them what do you think well the, they they ignore Things like birds and and uh, ovations in the distance. It's just that when you have people right on top of you, it's very quiet. And then somebody got, takes a cell phone picture uh, with with the sound up, and it makes this ridiculous sound. It just it there is something about it that is just different, and it just bothers you. It's not uh, anything that we can explain. It just. It's just annoying, and I don't blame them. I, what I would say in their defense house is that now we had a, a, an area after the round where we could listen to them talk, and, and they had transcripts, and, and every player uh, was changed by this week and the experience of going to those other sports. And you probably read articles, and we, we don't need to, uh, to rehash all the comments. Bubba was obviously the one that was probably changed the most. But it put things in perspective for a lot of them, that how lucky they are 
that their sport plays for a lot of money and that a lot of people knew who they were because of their sport. And so I don't think you'll change the silence thing, but I think you will see there was frankly there was a lot of tolerance this week of of that stuff with the cameras uh, by the players the caddies tend to be the ones that get more uh, irritated but i would say that you will see the players who were here showing a little greater appreciation for uh, kind of everything they have and where their place their sport fits um but then they also did a great job on their own sort of selling the sport and being visible and doing their part hanging out in the team usa room going to functions and um, they were welcomed. They were treated like stars, and people thought it was cool. So it was just a great week for all the players who were here. I, I think you're going to see some some amazing play from some people who will just feed off of the experience. And and that's uh, we kind of knew that could happen, but I don't think anybody quite imagined it happen to the extent that it that it did. So that's a really interesting point. I got the impression, mainly from social media, that, uh, and I was mainly focused on the U.S. players, that they were getting a tremendous reception from the other Olympians. Um, Incredible. And especially, you know, I was kind of um, loaded up at the beginning of the week to give Ricky Fowler a hard time today because mm-hmm. um, he really, since Phoenix, has not performed well. His, um, <laughs> his social media no. um, presence has been like an A-plus, and his yeah. golf yeah. course performance has been about a C-minus. But yeah, I have to say, right. over the course of the weekend, I, I've kind of come around a bit on, on Ricky. He, he is a terrific ambassador of the sport, and on this point that you're talking about, where the guys um, and the guys competed first, I'm sure it'll, you know the women will get some recognition as well. But the guys, it seemed, were being um, embraced and doing their own embracing of other uh, Olympians. And Ricky gets credit for um, inviting Bubba, or I don't know whether he invited or insisted that Bubba come down and stay in the Olympic Village with him. But those photos of those guys, you know, all, all through social media. Um, with other Olympians at a whole series of, of different events. That's incredibly important for golf. And one of the things that, that sort of jumped out at me was these guys are recognizable faces for the sport. They're on TV all the time, unlike, you know, folks competing in sports like, um, you know, men's gymnastics or handball or badminton or, or the other kinds of sports there are um, athletes comp- compete in that don't have the regular TV coverage. So our our all Garf, our golf guys Garf? Did you are say Garf? kind of you know s- athlete celebrities, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what they found out this week, and it, it it both humbled some of them, but it also made them feel like. And they weren't putting on a show. I mean, Ricky and Bubba were not showing up at the swimming to get on camera uh nbc put them on because nbc thought it was pretty neat that they were there or or whatever it it was that resonated and um so yeah they they both were humbled by it i think and also saw it as a a little bit of a uh i'm not even gonna say i don't even know if i want to say that i i just think they were having fun uh they were i mean i went i've been to quite a few events i'm gonna go to a few more before i leave and it's just fun it's fun to watch the way the other sports work, uh, the, 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 the Olympic sports, are, they're so efficiently presented. You know, television kind of masks that. And, and the golf was very efficiently presented, but it's slow. And all these other sports are just 
boom, 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 in and out. The next group comes in and they compete. And it's very serious, but it's not rushed. It's just efficient. And so when you go and you, you watch how these other athletes work and you watch how the rules officials work and the television and all this little stuff that goes on, it's so impressive. And I think they were just having a great time watching the athletes, meeting the athletes, seeing people that they met in the cafeteria, or just watching how these, these sports were played. And it's going to be really fun when they've had some time to kind of uh, step back from it all to ask them about the format topic here as going forward now that they've sat in on these other sports. Um, but, but, but my main point is they were very genuine. They were having a great time. They were also having a great time, there's no question, rubbing it in the faces of those who didn't come. Ricky can do it. He can pull it off in a way that other people can't. He was supposedly sending all sorts of stuff to, to Jordan and uh, taunting him. And, yeah, Ricky, is, his game is a little off. He, he's living the good life, House. He's having fun. And you know what? I think everybody just is kind of – he's the one person – he's one of those people, you know, like, like my new bud, Matt McConaughey, um, you know, who yeah. can be yeah, – who can be a big star, who can live this life, and yet you don't nobody nobody there isn't that envy or, or hostility towards him. It's like, hey, yeah, hey, he's having a great time. He shares it with us. Um, good for him. And uh, that's well, he, it. Like there's he, no, there's nothing there's nothing more to it. He did toss out a sixty four for us just to remind us that yeah, he had a little game boy. too. And the minute we all showed up out there, he just he just leveled off and uh, it was it was that that round Oh man, was that golf course for the taking for him? He was playing with no wind, and and that was the other good thing. All the Americans had something to hang their hat on. Patrick Reed had the 64 the last round, and then obviously Matt Kuchar takes home the bronze, which was so incredible. Best best final round he's ever shot. He had a different body language yesterday. If you watched, he was walking with a little more urgency, and. To do that on the last day and win the bronze was so big. You know, they went on the Today Show today. Well, three of them went on the Today Show. Patrick Reed went home. But um, they, the three of them stuck around for that. And it will elevate Matt Kuchar to another place confidence-wise. And um, Bubba just was in an incredible mood all week, having the time of his life, genuine in all of his his comments about the other athletes. He loved the course, kept raving about the conditioning, and um, it, it will, I hope it'll elevate, because he, frankly, Bubba probably should have won the golf tournament. He didn't have Ted Scott as regular caddy, and it looked like there were just some times where he he kind of got sidetracked and needed somebody to set him straight. So uh, it, uh, it's just because uh, he's got so much talent now. watching him play out there, uh, like I told, we, we talked about last week on the show, on the practice round, and then watching him in the tournament. And it's... Uh, He's he's uh, I'd say he and Dustin Johnson are the most gifted players in golf when it comes to just uh, having a sense for playing the game. It's just unfortunately they also have times where their their uh, focus isn't there. So anyhow, but it it was uh, well, it was it was fantastic being here. It was really uh, something special, and we just like you think of all the scenarios of how it could play out. And this, if you told people it was a Stinson Rose duel and Matt Kuchar comes out of nowhere to shoot the uh, 63 and get the bronze and the the, the the weather's great the crowd is surprisingly great i mean they were yelling house they were yelling cooch 
yeah, like they like a tour event crowd. Only, I mean, literally the minute they could, it was in, in unison, and it, it just was this uh, amazing sort of adopting of golf after so many years of of saying that this would be a disaster and Brazil doesn't need this and then they and and they probably didn't but they had no choice cuz golf was in the Olympics and so everybody made the best of it and then it it delivered above and beyond and um and just that's just a tribute to the players and the conditioning of the course and the design and the the whole thing kind of coming together and then there was some great stage crafting too let's be honest the IOC does a beautiful job with these uh, metal ceremonies. They're very efficient. They're very uh, tightly scripted. No, no warbling speeches by some uh, person in a navy blue blazer. Uh, there is uh, they they play the right music when they have to play it. <laughs> uh, all that kind of stuff. It just uh, it just came off. I mean, you should have seen these guys. That we call them. I call them the five families of golf. Uh, the, the the USGA, PGA of America, PGA Tour, they're all part of this International Golf Federation. Nobody from Augusta was present, but watching them all hugging each other and and, and a couple of them were too choked up to even talk to one another. It was it was surreal watching that, and, and, and they deserve it. I mean, they have went through hell to get this thing done and built, and, and the IOC convinced that this was the right format or the, the, the right field structure or whatever you want to whatever area you want to pick they had to deal with an uphill climb and a battle and a struggle the players yeah the the road to rio documentary was pretty good at at capturing that again commend i hope uh golf channel runs that again now that the event has concluded well the women after the women compete uh yeah because it's a really um interesting uh look and it's a real deep dive on all the challenges that that everybody faced in terms of getting the course um, Bill, we have this great interview with uh, uh, Athahara Munoz coming up, but I want to hear a little bit more about your experience, your personal <laughs> experience as a media person down there covering the golf, and how did it come to pass that you and, and Maddie Mack were walking side by side down uh, the Fifth Fairway or wherever that was? Uh, he picked up Ricky Fowler at the sixth hole, and we had heard there was a pretty good chance he was going to come out to to watch he said uh, so so we started kind of walking inside the ropes and left him alone and then he was there with a guy named Andy Levinson who was the sort of in charge of, of Team USA and keeping them all uh, happy in line and, and fed and and moved around from venue to venue and whatever they needed and he did a great job you imagine you imagine trying to manage Ricky Bubba Patrick Reed and I me mean, Matt Kuchar is not a hard one to manage but the other three are all have their their uh, their 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 quirks let's say um, and so quirks. he was walking with him and kind of you know telling him what was going on and and after a few holes uh, I was there with Steve DeMeglio the USA Today and Jay Coffin a golf channel and we just yeah you know, it's not our style to just bother somebody like that and and then when he would dip inside the ropes, he would pose for every single selfie house. It, it, I don't know how he did it. And you wouldn't believe some of the things people say to him. That like You're like, really? That's how you grease him for a selfie? Really? That, like, it's just weird comments. And he posed for every single one of them. He was a saint. So we finally said, hey, can we, can we talk to him for a few minutes? And basically the length of the 18th hole, we, we all walked and had our recorders going and, and just talked about We covered everything about his week 
Uh, we got the lowdown on his next five movies. Yeah, I think he was working on his junket uh, repertoire on us. You know, we were we were a little bit of a sounding board there. Um, uh, he, he talked True Detective. He was talking golf. He was a little surprised at the format house. I, I tried not to burst out laughing, but he he, he goes, man. I thought it was a team format. Uh, I just went, oh, that's going in one of my articles. But um, he was <laughs> you great. You can't blame he, him. It should be a team format. Uh, of course. And so he, he, anybody who's been now, he's just like everybody else. He's been going to Olympic events, and he uh, just your natural inclination is that that's what it should be. So he said he'd never met Ricky. Uh, they had conversed via Twitter, and a few days ago he sent him a direct message, and a few days before he came out here and said, hey, I'm, I want to come out and watch you play golf. I think they um, they briefly chatted then at, at the swimming, and uh, and he got out here and he walked 12 holes. Then he hung around for uh, about another 45 minutes, talked to Ricky, talked to Tim Fincham, the commissioner. He uh, just signed, you know, anything people put in before him, posed for photos, and just, you know, he's very down-to-earth, couldn't be nicer, and uh, it was great. You know, but it's funny, they didn't show him on the telecast because he, uh, and, and I want to explain, by the way, before we forget, the telecast is all created by this Olympic Broadcasting Service, OBS, and it's an unbelievable operation. But they do the telecast, and then Golf Channel can take that feed and then inject a few of their own shots. But one of the things they don't do is show spectators, unless it's Michael Phelps's mom, by the way. They do <clears throat> make exceptions. Of and so they didn't show him, and I thought that was a, a kind of a bummer. So that's why we all wrote about it because it was pretty neat that he came out here, and uh, and kind of validated golf in its own way. And, and really, ultimately, I think that's the takeaway from these games: is if golf can just accept that it was here, it's validated by being an Olympic sport. It doesn't need to try to become gymnastics or swimming, but that it can just be part of this uh, this event. Which I just can't you you can't fathom the size of it until you you see the sh- the bus system and you see the number of options you have if you want to go watch something because this game isn't sold out and you think oh this is it this is frightening how they do this how they pull this off but if golf just accept that it accepts that it's part of it and that that's good enough and it's cool with itself you know that's the thing you kind of want a matthew guy like matthew mcconaughey is comfortable in his own skin and and you kind of hope golf will be that way that the the, the the history says we're always a little bit insecure about our place in the world of sport. And that was one of the reasons for getting golf in the Olympics was so that these athletes from golf would come and see, and see that not only are other athletes knowing who they are, they respect them. And uh, I think to me that's the, you know, we hear the stupid grow the game mantra, but to me that's how you sustain the game, strengthen the game, grow the game, whatever word you want to use. That that validation that golf got this week and will get this week with the women uh, coming forward, I think is really what this was all about ultimately. And then, of course, you know, we've gone from like 105 to 140. Oh, I think it's 145 uh, international federations now funding. Yeah, 105 to 140 funding uh, golf in various countries to uh, help establish new players. And that's that's the other kind of takeaway. So, well, that's that's super um, cool, and uh, we're very much looking forward to the women's event this week. And on that note, let's go over to this excellent interview you just did with Atahara Munoz. Hey, before we get to our interview, 
I want to tell you about everyone's favorite internet golf talk show, although you already know about Callaway Live. It's back all August long with a great lineup of guests, the joint host, Harry Arnett. As always, check these all out on CallawayGolf.com slash Live or on Callaway TV, available on Roku and Apple TV. The August block rolls on this Tuesday with two-time world long drive champion Jamie Sedlowski, who will make a special announcement about his future on the show. It's another can't-miss episode, and of course, Jamie is just a great guy, has a lot of interesting things to say. The following week is going to be where Callaway Live just goes full on cool. They're going to bring on Akbar and Megan from Seamus Golf, a cool little company up in Oregon you need to know about. That's on the 23rd, and then four-time site young winner Greg Maddox, Braves, and Dodger Great on the 25th. The August block will wrap on August 30th with Herm. You play to win the game, Edwards. So go to CallawayGolf.com slash CallawayLive. Google Callaway Live. Tune in this Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific for that great big announcement from Jamie. I think it's going to be pretty cool, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Friends, we know inefficiency is usually thought to be a negative, but not when you are elevating your craft to an art. Right, House? Especially when we're talking about tequila, Shaq! Avion Tequila, voted world's best-tasting tequila, is surely one of the most inefficient tequilas you can find. You might have first seen Avion on Entourage. You might think Mark Cuban is using Turtle in a business deal. It's not the case. Avion is real. There's a real story behind the brand. It was not created by Mark Cuban or Turtle or any other billionaire. It's a collaboration between a tequila-loving entrepreneur and a family who, for generations, have been growing agave in their small town, Jesus Maria, and the highlands of Jalisco. Avion is made by real people with true passion for their craft. They pride themselves on the art of creating beautifully inefficient tequila. Sip on Avion neat or... I like it on the rocks, and I love it in a delicious top-shelf margarita. Oh, and how am I longing for one of those here after a week in Rio. So share Avion with those that appreciate what they eat and drink. I promise it'll become theirs and your favorite ultra-premium tequila. Please read. Drink. Don't read Avion. Drink Avion responsibly. All right, House. Time for our wonderful interview. Here she is live from Rio on tape. We are joined in the Rio Olympic Golf Course Press Center by Azahara Munoz. Thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on being an Olympian. When did you get here? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I got here on Thursday night, um, and so far it's been amazing. Uh, you know, you always expect things, but this is just so much bigger than I was expecting. And mm. being in the village with all the athletes has been incredible. And you know, the atmosphere yesterday on the golf course was something like, I don't know, I, I almost thought that no one was really going to come and watch the golf and, you know, seeing all those people yeah. and especially how, how good the end was is it's been such a good week so far Now, um, your husband is on the bag this mm-hmm. week, where does he stay? He stayed in the village. He can stay in the village. Yeah, because okay. Cari stayed in the village as well. Okay. So we're in the same apartment. Oh, nice, mm-hmm. nice. And so you're with Team Spain. Mm-hmm. Did you know any athletes coming here besides maybe your fellow golfers? I did. Uh, I was actually lucky enough. Uh, when I was in high school, I was in a sports school in Spain. And the sports school is run by the government. So all the Olympic teams plus golf, because we were going to hopefully be in the Olympics, are in the school. So a lot of the hockey players, uh, weightlifters, uh, rugby, 
I know some athletes, like track and field, sorry. I know some swimmers, uh, a few more. So I, gymnasts. So I, I've actually got to see again a few of the people that I actually went to class with. And what other, so what sports have you gone to? We've gone to tennis, basketball, and yesterday we watched the, the guys here. Okay, did you go to see Nadal? Yes. Uh, how was that? It, it looked was like amazing. The, the atmosphere in the tennis was yeah. very unusual. Yeah, so we went to see Nadal play the quarters, and he played actually against a Brazilian, uh, Bellucci, and it was insane. They played oh, the th three sets, and the Brazilians were <laughs> full on, so it was fun. And then we watched Nadal and Mark Lopez take the goal um, in the, oh, in the doubles. That? Yeah. Oh, that's great. So it was really nice to see them in the podium, and yeah. it, was, it was amazing. So you've always been excited about golf in the Olympics, I presume. Yeah. Okay. The women have been, and the men weren't. Um, I'm curious, from afar, hearing that, hearing that attitude, what what did you and your your peers on the LPGA tour make of that? Of them not being their excited. Their apathy, yeah, their lack of excitement for it. We almost don't understand it because I mean, I grew up watching the Olympics, and I literally watched anything that was on. I would watch yeah, it, and yeah. you, I always imagine myself being there. And you know, when the anthem goes on, and it's actually your countryman or your countrywoman, and I mean, I get goosebumps, and it's not even me. So I always imagine m me being the one right. up there. So when the opportunity came along, I just I just never understood why they didn't take it hmm. and get to experience this. I know you don't get paid, I know, but it does it doesn't matter. It's just a week. It's it's once every four years. So for most of for mo most of us, it's gonna be once in our life. And you know, like now being here for a few days, just walking around the village and living with other athletes is something that I don't know. I think they're really gonna regret it. Yeah, yeah. Well, now here's the good news. Uh, it went unbelievably well mm -hmm. for the men so uh, we were talking today I feel like now there's there's no more talking about you know it should golf in the in the Olympics and I think that's going to be fun for the women because now it'll just be a focus on the great competition because we know how you all have felt about the competition all yeah. along and so that narrative which I think it was important for us to get it out but now we can focus on you uh, playing, and I think that's going to be. I hope that's exciting. Now, um, the golf course. Uh, when did you first see it? I played yesterday from the 10th to the 15th. Okay. That's all we could play it, and then today I play them all. Okay, and your impressions? <clears throat> the golf course is really good. Um, obviously, we haven't had any wind really today. Uh, but apparently, we have some coming. Oh, have yeah, you heard about for this? tomorrow? No, we're apparently supposed to have some windstorm here in the next. Uh, oh. Uh, in the next 45 minutes. Maybe I should go out and practice before it comes. No, no, I know. Uh, <laughs> so, so far, I mean, we are playing from all the way back. Some of the holes are pretty long, yeah. uh, but I'm assuming they'll move the tees up. They're going to yeah. have to because they are really long. And uh, But it is good. It's a tough golf course. Uh, you have to hit good shots into the greens. I think second shots are going to be key. And uh, Well, you definitely want to be in the fairway as well. But I think the second shots are the most important, and it's such a good track. I think it's going to be a good test for us. Yeah, Justin Rose led the field in greens and regulation. He was also fifth in scrambling, so it, it's definitely a, a, a test around the greens. Mm -hmm. And uh, But it's different. You've probably played some Lynx golf. You've played in some Australian sandbell golf, I presume. I haven't played much, but I've okay. played 
three, four years. But it's a little different. The shots look like that, but then you have a little bit of, uh, you know, the grass is just a little spongier. Mm-hmm. It's not like Kukuya. It's not uh-huh. ridiculous, but uh, it's an interesting test. I'll be curious how they set it up. I think the setup's going to be fairly similar to the men, uh, whole location disbursement-wise and moving tees around. Um I'm curious, though, you came out yesterday. Did you watch uh, Spaniards or did you watch the last groups? Did you go with- I watched a little bit of the last groups, but mostly the Spaniards. I just wanted to be out there supporting them. What did you think of the atmosphere? It was amazing. Uh, and it was it's funny, like, some of the guys that didn't care, I saw every time the guys miss a putt, it yeah. meant so much to them. So, obviously, yeah. I think the guys that were playing, it really meant the world to them. And you could see how when Justin won, I mean... I don't think he was that excited when he won the U.S. Open. Yeah. No, so was... I mean, it, it was it was incredible, and I, as I said before, I didn't expect those many people. The crowds were quite good, and the the stands on the 18th. Is that amazing are, is, energy? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And every player, I thought what was it felt important. It felt maybe not like a major, but it just felt um, nobody's been able to really put a word to it. I, celebratory was sort of what I thought. But it was so neat. Every group that came off 18, they threw a ball into the stands, mm-hmm. and people knew their nicknames, and it just felt so good. And I, I'm sure that'll um, that'll continue. Now, that said, as you know, uh, there are a lot of people who aren't thrilled with the format, and mm-hmm. so I think everybody has accepted first time through stroke play. But one of the things I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on the IOC is very interested in promoting mixed play, mixed couples, mixed whatever you want to call it, uh, mixed doubles in tennis, uh, mixed doubles in badminton. And a lot of people feel like this would be a great chance for golf to do that. Um, first, your thoughts on the format, and second, would you be open to to something like that, or would you do you think it would be more interesting and a more... Um, traditional test if it was say the women having better ball partners or foursomes play instead of mixed couples what what what, what do you um, what jumps out to you about all the format talk i'm one of those that takes whatever it comes but <laughs> i think the format it it could have been different i think it would have been maybe more fun if maybe we had 36 holes qualifier and then match play or something like right. that just because to watch at home is, is, I think, is more fun if you see one again, you know, Spain yeah. versus the U.S. It becomes so, the country, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that would have been a better option, in my opinion, but I would for sure be open to the mixed doubles. Yeah. <laughs> that would be... It's something we've never done, and yeah. it would be so fun to play with uh, with guys. But then, well, I guess it's like tennis. Not every country will have representation, but no, it doesn't but really matter. Now, Spain, you would... We will um, have representation. You would... I think you... If, if we did it just on a clean, cold, hard world ranking, you would probably be with Sergio, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and Belen would be with Carlota. Rafa. Carlota with Rafa. Oh, Carlota. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have three... Sp- no, Belen's no, no, not here. No, she's not yeah. here. That's right. Yeah. So you would play with Sergio. Uh, that would be interesting, wouldn't that it? That would be fun. <laughs> I think it would be amazing. And I think that's actually something that would really grow our game, you know, when people get to see us play with alongside with the best players in the world. Yeah, and so I think that's the one thing that will be debated after the games is is could that work, say, you know, could the men have finished or you? A lot of people feel like the women should have gone first um, for, for whatever reason or maybe it alternates in Olympics. Uh, but, you know, maybe that's what, it, what happens is we, we 
play one competition, maybe there's a day off, and then there's two days of a small 18-type better ball event, uh, and then the next group goes on, maybe again a day off, and you play a competition. But I, I think it's fascinating what you say, that that would grow the game. Because I, I think, uh, I don't know what other events you plan to go to, but it's... Don't you feel like the Olympics, the when there are pairs? I think so. There are different dynamics involved as yeah, well. Yeah, we've actually, we watched some of the tennis, the mixed doubles. We watched, uh, my husband is English, so we went to watch Murray and uh, Watson against an Indian team. And it was really fun to see. And obviously our games are, tennis is different because they really play together. Yeah. We'll be playing our own ball, I guess, or maybe foursomes. But, right. but it is it is fun to see how they interact with each other and it's I don't know, I think it'll be something fun and people will enjoy watching. What's the state of your game? I'm playing pretty good. Uh, you know, I've been, last couple of months have been much better and uh, getting more confidence, be feeling e- like at, at more ease out there mm-hmm. and not so tight. So mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm feeling good and, you know, I'm excited to be here and for the week. Well, great uh, luck to you I know just being here you're an Olympian you're taking it all in you saw what happened with the men last week mm-hmm. um, you're in for the time of your life if you haven't already had a great time and uh, I, I hope you enjoy the golf course I think you will It's uh, and it's in beautiful shape as you probably noticed it's amazing so, yeah uh, well we thank you for taking your time you have to go practice and get ready for your, your first appearance <laughs> in the Olympic Games congratulations thank you so much alright thank you We thank Azahara Munoz again. That was really uh, great of her to take a little time away from her pre-Olympic practice because she's only got one more practice round to go. So we thank her for that. And that means, House, it is time for the speed round, which is driven by Callaway Golf. We know that uh, now it's been over a week that Callaway staffer Jim Furyk fired a final round 58 in the Travelers, the lowest round ever recorded on the PGA Tour. To celebrate this historic achievement, Callaway is giving you, me, everybody, $58 off the driver he used to achieve history. House, that's right. Believe it or not, 58 bucks off the fairway splitting weapon in the bag that Jim Furyk hit all 18 of 18 fairways with, by the way. The PGA Tour corrected that last week. They went back. They looked at I don't know what they did. They looked at the video, the shot link. He was right on the cusp of a fairway. And they uh, said he was on the short grass, so he hit, uh, excuse me, all 14 fairways, all 18 greens, which only made the round that much more amazing. So for $291.99, which I'm pretty sure is the greatest thing I've ever heard in the invention of the world, in the history of the world, you can get the driver that Jim Farrick used to win the Travelers and shoot 58. Oh, no, he didn't win it. What am I thinking? God, it's been a long week here. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. Top, he had a top five. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, let's get to the speed round. Yeah, so let's get to the speed round. I have a question for you, Jeff Shackelford. No. You've been down in Rio now for a full week. It's been, <laughs> has it been eight <laughs> days? How many Is days? Is that all? Oh, it only seems yeah. like 500. Yes, go on. Well, I'm interested in hearing a little bit about your experience. We've heard, you know, little bits about... Um, you know, it can be a challenge sometimes getting around. I want to hear about, how, you know, getting around town. I've, I've heard this, this uh, idea that you're not supposed to be flushing toilet paper. I don't know what that yeah. means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we discovered- and, and what about food, you know, and, and people? Oh. Let's hear a little bit about the Rio House. experience. House, you don't want to know about the food. You do not. It's, it's so bleak. It is. <laughs> it is really? It's, it, how can yeah, that be? 
It's bleak. How can that be? It's, it's bleak. It's not good. Um, we uh, let me let me focus on the positive first. This this country can do Wi-Fi. They they have got Wi-Fi. They got it. You don't have to be logging in all the time when you're in the media. You just get on the bus. It works. You come in the media center. It works. You go in the uh, the the main media center over by the Olympic Park. It works. It works in the Olympic Park. It's amazing. So that has been wonderful. Now. Um, as wonderful as the Wi-Fi is, the uh, there have been some bus issues. They don't believe in the left turn lane house, which is, tends to create a problem on certain... So you'll have some shuttle rides that go 15 minutes one way, and they take 45 minutes the other direction uh, because eh, somebody just was not into to U-turns and left turn lanes and things. So there's some... That's made getting around a little bit difficult. Um the number of venues at the Olympic Park is astounding, and so I've kind of decided to not go down to to the, the rough parts of Rio and stay uh, up here and go to events there, and a lot of people have done the same. It's incredibly safe. The Olympic Village is a fortress. Nobody could have get in there and cause any trouble. It's amazing. The Olympic Park is beautiful. I'm sure you've seen it on the on the coverage. So there are a lot of things that came off nicely. It just doesn't um, it just wasn't finished and wasn't quite ready in a lot of ways. The smells are quite, the aromas are really, what can I say, um, pungent. They are, there are things, you know, they, they, they drop us off in these buses at the main media thing. David Faraday calls it the Bay of Turds. Um, it's, it is oh my. the smell, yeah, you either get the smoke sm- smell, which is really quite welcome now once you get the uh, the other smell. Um, uh, but to your question, yes, uh, we found out on about day three that the little signs on the toilets are telling, directing us not to flush the toilet paper. They're supposed to go in the trash can next to the toilet. So that's been an interesting cultural experience for some of us. Well, um, hence the smell issue. <laughs> We do believe there is a correlation. Yes, you you make a shrewd point. We we do feel that way. So it's been it's 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 unfortunate because the people are wonderful. It's a beautiful place. Um, the games are for the most part going really well. The athletes have been amazing. Once they're they're getting to the venues and performing and having fun, there's other than the ones that have to go into the green pool. Um, but the so we're thrilled from the golf point of view, of course, because the venue is a home run. The, the people got here. I have no idea how they got here. It's a nightmare for us to get here. So I'm so thrilled. And then and the and house here's the other thing. The volunteers, you know, you just start talking to people and they come from all over the world. And they, some of them didn't put golf very high on their priority list. They got stuck with golf, and you're like, oh, boy, this poor person. I, I'm, I'm going to just really try to be nice because I feel for him. But then what's neat is after the, later in the week, they were like, hey, you know, I've had a great time at the golf, and hopefully they'll keep coming back because there's been a little bit of a nutrition issue at all the, all the events. So uh, I don't know how it's come off on TV. Before I left, I was, of course, you know, here's the other thing, House, I want to say. And this is, this is I am a, an, an NBC, uh, I have an NBC conflict of interest because I work for the Golf Channel, but I don't care. I have never been a huge fan of the, 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 the packaged NBC approach that, that they get ripped for every year. And now seeing how big this is and knowing that everything is streamed if you really want to watch something. I totally get why they do what they do. It's just so massive. And and to whittle it down the way they do, I have no idea how they do that. Um, it's, it's not an easy thing to decide what people want to see and how they do it. And I get why 
they do what they do. So it was thrilling that golf got 90 minutes of their their time yesterday, and it'll uh, it resulted in six and a half million viewers in the uh, the hour the 90 minute window on NBC, which will make it the second largest golf audience of the year behind the Masters. So uh, second anyway, largest that, golf that's audience of the year behind the Masters. Yeah. I lo- I love it. That's uh, spectacular. What a showing. Yeah. For yeah. for the golf. Yeah, um, and I heard from some people but, who are very, very casual fans who thought it was really yeah. cool to finish. So well, that's neat. It could be even cooler, maybe, with a little bit of a format tweak. Uh, you mentioned yeah. connecting with the guys um, after they've had a chance to decompress, and we'll get the same kind of input from the women after after they compete their event on ways to make this more of a f- team kind of uh, competition it, it's telling that both a competitor like Matt Kuchar didn't know that there was not a yeah. team component, you know, two weeks out. And fans that, that, that come upon the event are surprised, like Matthew McConaughey, are surprised to learn that, it's, that there's not a team component to it. How can we make this a, a, a proper team event? I think there are two ways. Uh, there's no question that the singles, individual, whatever you want to call it, is not going away. Now, it may get shortened to, to three days and a 36-hole final with maybe a cut. That's a possibility, although I don't think they really want to cut people. I think that when in my talking to people, there's two options. Uh, the IOC is big on mixed couples. They like mixed play in tennis. They like it in badminton. And they want that. They're open to that. I think that's going to be very hard to, to do for golf because we then we, we have – two events so that that to me is tough but i feel like there's a possibility where you take the top eight two-man teams by score from the stroke play and you break them off maybe there's a day off and then they they regroup and play um two days i think you have a little pool play um maybe nine hole matches because the thing i kept hearing from people who were going to other events is we're slow we're tedious why aren't we doing something that's more rapid fire, more more results oriented, where we get daily results, we get some eliminations after one day? Why aren't we doing that? That's the person who goes to the event, or even the people probably watching on TV. But the more when you really go in person, you see that that pool play and that kind of head to head combat is the Olympics. And so I think that that there's no question everybody wants to see two-person teams they want to see some strategizing they want to see some conflict between (laughs) opposing sides they want to see the the crowd get involved with the with the various um entities and their countries and so i feel like that's where we're trending and it's just a matter of finding the right way to do it that doesn't draw things out too long yeah the right formula so speaking of of uh you know trying to avoid uh, having things draw on too long, it it seemed like from watching on TV with only fifty nine competitors, right? It was supposed to be sixty. And I don't remember uh, how it got reduced to fifty nine. If you go out in threesomes, uh, is there a reason why you couldn't compete the men and the women on the same days? Especially if you needed to do um, some individual stroke play at the outset of the event and then move on to a team mixed uh kind of format why can't the men and the women play on the golf course the same day it was a daylight issue here in rio you know this is winter time so it got dark at at 5 30 if they went to a venue in the future where they had 36 holes set up they could do that and maybe cut and then everybody plays the same course the last day but then 
then you get into is that too spread out? Is that asking too much of a of, of places to, to play over two rounds? So so the main issue here was daylight. Um, and going forward, obviously, certain cities, Tokyo, and then either Paris, Los Angeles, daylight's not as much of an issue. But then, of course, you also don't want to spread out over two courses because that's, that's asking a lot of television as well. I mean, they they covered every minute of this, and you should see those crews down there. They, they're, they're, they're working hard. Those are long, long days. And so I think there is a sense that – and by the way, one of the big – successes of this of these games was that we didn't we already had long enough days five hour rounds and then that freed people up to go and do other things and experience the olympics and i don't think we can underestimate how important that's going to be in golf's and uh, people embracing golf that the golfers were were so into that other stuff um and in, in embracing the olympic movement after so much now it could be you know i asked mark steinberg tiger's agent yesterday who had two clients on the metal stand house matt kutcher yeah. and justin rose can you imagine if you'd asked him six years ago uh you know i told him you're gonna have two guys on the metal stand and neither one of them is tiger woods he would have looked at you like you were nuts but he felt like part of it it'll be hard to read because there was so much negativity coming in that it's, right now it's almost hard to describe and figure out what worked resonated didn't work etc because it was such a success after so much negativity and i think that's just one of those things time will kind of sort that out we'll, we'll figure out yeah, what worked we, and what didn't we have four years uh well let's say you yeah. know, two and a half although they have to, to come up they're with, gonna have to yeah they're gonna have to move pretty fast on this because they yeah. vote on things next fall and so they're gonna have to get their act together and figure it out quickly and i think they'll they'll watch the women and we'll see how it all plays out. And then I think they really are asking us, please don't don't focus on the format right now. That said, Team Sweden, if there had been a two-man team competition in the stroke play, Team Sweden wins a gold medal. Henrik Stenson and David Lingmurth were the two best uh, score-wise. And I think Was that, that would have been pretty call? cool. Uh, what, what do you, you mean in terms of? You and I had this. We went through some props oh, uh, last yeah, week, and I don't remember. Right. Oh. I, I picked Spain, uh, Cabrera Bello and, and Bello yes. and uh, – I, I had I my guys got the fifteen under. Did you? Did you have Sweden? Sweden, I did. I did mention Lingworth and and Stenson. And, I mean that that was uh, not exactly going on on a on a deep limb there. Uh, Stenson, it's just <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Right. And oh, one last thing too, just uh, on Stenson, I, I I'm, I'm a little concerned about him. I got to tell you, he was a little edgy this week uh, in sort of his interactions with the press, and I. I I feel like he looks a little tired, and I'm. I hope he can shut it down here for a few weeks before the playoffs and the Ryder Cup, so that he's rejuvenated. But um, it was interesting. I mean, he finished second by two. He three putted. It really was by one. Um, he was trying to make that putt, but it's that's something to watch for. I I, uh, I think that open took a lot more out of him than than you know. He made that look so easy that last day, but there's no question it took a lot out of him so I, I hope he can get rejuvenated but that's how good he is right now that he kind of was I just don't think he was 100% this week the back bothered him he only he didn't get to quite as many of events I think as he had intended and I think he just was a little off so amazing to him that he still almost won with not uh really his his uh, a body a mind all that so uh, anyway just wanted to mention yeah. that well, something to keep an eye on here going forward we want him fully rejuvenated for the for the FedEx Cup. Uh, speaking of which, this is the last week here stateside for the tour for guys to qualify for the FedEx Cup. Um, we're mm. about to enter this this period here where 125 guys will go on uh, and compete. You know, it, it, with, with cuts each week and. The, 
Theweb.com. Are you asleep already? You're oh, out. I'm That's sorry. It? Yes. What were you talking about, House? I'm sorry. Are we talking about the Fed? Oh, yes. You know, Justin uh, Rose, by the way, hey, House, with that win this week in the gold medal at the Olympic game, he just dropped two spots in the FedEx Cup. Yeah. Thank you, PGA Tour, for playing a tournament the week of the Olympics. Oh, jeez. It is pretty Sorry. crazy. I had to get that. I had to get that out. Yeah, go on. No, that, you, that, I, that, that's fine. I, I, I'm just. I'm just saying. You know, it's a meaningful week on tour for the guys. Um, that uh, it, it will be a deciding week for a lot of guys that are pursuing their livelihood, uh, whether they will be chasing the cup or um, off battling down in the Web.com series of events to see where they qualify for next year. So just keep an eye out. There's a bunch of guys around that 125 line. It'll move up or move down this week. We're also still battling for Ryder Cup points. I guess the Olympics didn't have anything to do with Ryder Cup points. Is that right? Uh, No, no points. But I think some subliminal messages were sent uh, by the guys showing up who showed up and by the way they played. And I will be shocked if uh, Matt Kuchar doesn't make the team. I will be shocked if, uh, uh, well, Patrick Reed should make it on points. The one, the one wild card I think is going to be for Davis Love, Ricky or or <laughs> Jim Furyk. <laughs> and uh, right wow. now, most people That's... around here like the Furyk pick, but then a lot of people think, ah, I don't. I think he just wants to. He's ready to transition to the the cart driving phase of his career, and I, I ooh. That's well, tough. I, you... I will end on this note. Speaking of subliminal messages, I'm all in on Ricky. I think he's a hell of a teammate. I love what he did this week. And I, I really yeah. think in terms of his ambassadorship, his leadership, he invi- he's the one responsible for getting Bubba into that Olympic village. Very good mm-hmm. for Bubba. I like uh, what Ricky brings to the table in terms of intangibles. So let's do it to it. Ricky, yeah, well, it's going to be my a- pick. A fun thing to watch. So we'll uh, we'll we'll have a better idea here in a, in a couple of weeks, and we'll uh, kick that around in the Shack House. We got a few more episodes coming up, and uh, obviously some FedEx Cup watch. And you can see how excited I am about that, especially oh House. I'm sorry, but after these after the Olympics, I mean, come on, how am I how am I going to get excited about algorithms? Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, on that note, we uh, we are uh, we're out of time, but we sure thank everybody for listening and we appreciate your your patience listening to me uh, a little little tired from down here in rio but we're having a great time house i'm gonna go check out a few more events i think the, the velodrome is on the schedule tonight um i hope you get to watch some of the women they uh, and, and reminder too to, they, i can't wait it's it's a wednesday through saturday tournament the women end on saturday so uh cool all right, that's it for this week's Shack House. We will be back in a couple of weeks. We look forward to chatting with you. And uh, Shack in the meantime, House! thank you, House. Talk to you soon. Bye. My friends, Callaway Rewards. Hey, equipment junkies, listen up. Our friends at Callaway now offer a rewards program. Just like you collect hotel points or airline miles, Callaway is offering points for things that you already do. Attend a Callaway demo day, purchase some new clubs, trade in some old clubs, so on, so on, so on, so forth, so on, so on. Redeem your Callaway Rewards points at CallawayGolf.com. For items like custom head covers, golf balls, or golf bags. 
Visit CallawayGolf.com backslash rewards to sign up and start collecting. And my friends, this week's Shack House also brought to you by Avion, a delicious tequila not created by celebrities or billionaires, a collaboration instead between a tequila-loving entrepreneur and a family who for generations have been growing agave in their small town, Jesus Maria, in the highlands of Jalisco. Thanks again to Avion for sponsoring today's Shack House. It's made by real people with a true passion for their craft. They pride themselves on the art of creating beautifully inefficient, and I would say innovative, tequila. Sip on Avion, neat or on the rocks, makes a delicious top shelf margarita too. Share it with those that appreciate what they eat and drink. We're promising it will become their favorite tequila, just like it is our favorite tequila. And please drink Avion responsibly, my friends. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.